Hey everyone, this is Jason from the Atlantic SC Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to our episode on Jack Reacher Never Go Back. I just wanted to mention that because of audio issues, there won't be a What Did You Watch This Week segment. We felt better to scrap the segment instead of punishing your ears with can-like vocals and weird clicks. The segment will be back on our Doctor Strange episode scheduled for November 17th. Thanks for your understanding, and now, Atlantic SC's discussion of Jack Reacher Never Go Back. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. Good? Yes, sir! I know who I am! Did IQ just drop shot? I could have been. I, I have planned. I like this All shit. It is an awesome You know what's off, bro? It is your Me and destiny. Welcome to the Atlantic Screen Connection Podcast. Let the games begin. Hello and welcome to Atlantic Screen Connection Podcast with Jason and Lee. This is episode 11. I hope you guys didn't miss us too much during the week we were gone. But if you did, well, you guys saw it. Last Thursday I posted the playlist. A lot of you responded and asked. Actually, they were surprised. You're surprised that you guys hadn't caught uh, a couple of episodes. And I'm really glad that you guys tuned in to a couple of our older episodes. So that way when you get to this one, our episode on Jack Reacher, Never Go Back, you guys will be well rested just as we are. So, Lee. How have you been, dear sir? I've been great, man. Uh, obviously, we took that week off, and uh, in, in that time, uh, me and the, uh, the fiancé, we went to Berlin for a, a couple of days uh, to sort of rejuvenate ourselves and have a little holiday, and it was awesome. Yeah, I, I've never been to Berlin. Apparently, it's a really beautiful place. Gorgeous, yeah. It's one of those, like, architecturally astounding cities, you know? It's a, it's a gorgeous place. If you're uh, thinking about European destinations, I mean, there's one. <laughs> Oh, there's a bunch of places I want to visit in Europe. I have to head to France to see my best friend over there. And obviously, I want to, I'd love to be able to record a show with you in Ireland. Oh, yeah. Which That'd would be, awesome. be fantastic. That would be great. You know, and I'd love to visit Belfast. I'm actually planning, I don't know, I was supposed to do this with my father when he turned 60. Sadly, uh, we haven't had the chance to do it yet, but I wanted to go watch the, um, the Isle of Man TT. The motorcycle race that they oh, have, right, and right. Uh, that's it. Because I'm a huge racing fan, which is, uh, I think I should start talking about. Yeah, my I mean, Formula it's like... One stuff, so that when the guys from In Session start listening, they'll fast forward through this the same way I fast forward <laughs> through their, their football, football talk. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that no offense meant, guys. <laughs> <laughs> that's it so anyway what i'm gonna do for next time because it's at the, the mexican grand prix this weekend i can't give you a lap by lap analysis but i should tra- probably try to detail yeah, that yeah. for the next podcast i know i know <laughs> fucking nothing about uh motorcycle racing so i mean i could learn something i'm happy to learn oh yeah but individual. i don't watch just the motorcycle race. i'm mostly the cars oh, right? i go to the the grand prix in montreal tt's a motorbike race yeah yeah exactly God. but that's it i like the <laughs> motorbike race but uh the tt over in the isle of man you know that that looks like a brilliant place these guys are nuts yeah they're just crazy i told my father we have to see this eventually and we're planning on heading over there eventually definitely to you have to that'd be out. super so, cool so anyway how are you man i'm doing well like i said i'm well rested for for all the listeners that are out there right now i want to tell you guys that i am a giant pussy when it comes to watching horror films we detailed this a couple of times on the show we've approached the subject that you can't watch any zombie films the, the thing is is that i want my, my girlfriend loves that stuff right i don't know what she gets out of it <laughs> anyway and so i'm always she's like oh let's watch a horror film tonight i was like no 
I'm not doing that. Right. I don't put myself in that situation. However, in order to, I don't know, as a sh- sign of affection or something like that, I noticed a tweet from Sarah Buttery, uh, who's over in the UK. I think she's from the UK, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. And so she, she writes a lot. Uh, she blogs a lot about movies and stuff like that. Great, fun woman to interact with on Twitter. But she has the same affliction I have wow. for horror films, where she can't stomach them and her boyfriend loves them. wow like an inverse so it's in reverse <laughs> yeah. exactly and so she was putting together a compilation of horror films where she wanted to do like 100 word reviews on horror films for whips <laughs> and so i basically tweeted her and i said i want in on this as a sign of affection for my girlfriend i said listen i'm gonna put myself in this position i'll watch the classic horror films and uh i hope that she's going to be okay with that and so that's it by the time you guys hear this again we she probably posted this on monday uh and i i have a couple of reviews in there i wanted to write one for halloween which i watched I wanted to write uh, a couple for Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2, which I watched, Mm. uh, 28 Days Later, which I watched. Pan's Labyrinth was on the list, and so was Coraline, but I mean, those movies have never really affected me. I thought they were great. Uh, Event Horizon was there, amongst a bunch of others. And um, so, yeah, I I basically put myself through a little bit of boot camp and watching classic horror films. So that was kind of cool. I have seven essays left to correct in my whole big batch. But seven is good. I can see the finish line. Yeah, before yeah. I, I realize that the race isn't over and the rest of the semester is coming up too. Basically, this is the part that the pit stop, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, just gearing up for Halloween. My my daughter, I'm surprising her. She wanted to go as Ray for Halloween. So, But she's going to go crazy when she Super sees the costume. Super cool. And so I guess that's about it. I mean, um, I loved the interaction I had on Twitter this week, especially with Liam Underwood. Oh, it was yeah. absolutely marvelous. And uh, I want to tell him, thank you for telling me that Interstellar is dull because it kind of brought back the feeling that I had when I was watching the movie, but not in terms of dullness, but exact opposite. And I had a conversation with my girlfriend who was referencing John Lennon at one point, And I was like, oh, And so the conversation I had with you, Liam, my girlfriend, kind of like rubbed the Vaseline out of my eyes. And now I can actually finish my analysis on Interstellar. Oh, wow. So I'm looking forward to to going on that. It was wonderful. I woke up this morning. It was 3 a.m. when I had the idea, like the missing cipher, because I've been working on this essay for about a year and a half now. Yeah, yeah. And it was great. I was like, yippee-doo. Oh, wow. I finally found the missing link. Great. (laughs) So thank you, Liam. (laughs) All you need is the the dispassionate cry of the public and, and our affectionate friends on Twitter and finally the mojo has returned. And that's about it. Cool, cool. Shall we? Yeah, shall we? Mm. The hell happened here? There's a fight. One guy took them all down with his bare hands. He's still in there. Turn around, mister. Let me see your hands. Slowly. Aggravated assault is a felony in this state, Mr. Reacher. Process him and get him to county. Two things are gonna happen in the next 90 seconds. Excuse me? First, that phone over there is gonna ring. Second, you're gonna be wearing these cuffs on your way to prison. (laughs) Well, that is one magnificent prophecy, Mr. Reacher. just gonna keep on ringing. 
Thanks for tipping us off to that sheriff. When are you coming to DC? I move around a lot. You're a legend. Folks wonder why you left. Purple Heart, Silver Star. There's this big dent in the desk. People say you made it with someone's head. Jack Reacher for Major Turner. Major Turner's been arrested. On what charge? Espionage. He's been set up. How much does Reacher know? How's it going? I don't like being followed. You think you're invulnerable. That's right. Maybe I rip your arm off and beat you to death with it. I'm sorry about this. Reacher? You're here to kill you. My men were shot by one of our own. This is bigger than I imagined. You ever lose anyone on your watch, Reacher? You're a dead man. You think you're above the law. But I'm not the law. So you should start running, because I'm going to start hunting. And when I find you, I'm going to kill you all. A haircut. All you guys go to the same barber. All right, so welcome back to the feature film discussion on Jack Reacher Never Go Back. We hope that you guys enjoyed the trailer. And uh, yeah, so I don't know. Where do you want to start, Leach? You want us to give a breakdown? Yeah, uh, two things are going to happen. We're going to talk about Jack Reacher, okay. and we're going to have fun. Ah, there you go. We yes, we are. We're definitely going to have <laughs> fucking fun. I had fun. That's the way we're going to start it. So let's just break down what the plot sure. is. The plot is Jack Reacher gets called into town. Some shit happens with Coldy Smulders. He might have a daughter. He beats the shit out of a guy. Everyone lives happily ever after except for the guy he yeah, beats the shit out of. That's that Jack Reacher it. never go back. If you think that is not a good enough plot to watch, fair enough. That's a fair criticism. <laughs> Fine. It stars Tom Cruise, Colby Smulders, Dakota Yarish. It's directed by Edward Zwick. Danica. Zwick. Danica Zwick. Yarish. Oh, Danica. Sorry. Sorry. She, you know what she reminds me of? She reminds me of a young... Um, oh, Letitia Casta. Fair enough. She looks like a very young Letitia Casta. Beautiful looking girl. And um, so that's it. Uh, it also stars Teabag from Prison Break. <laughs> and some random guy I've never seen. And I po- probably will not see again. Oh, yeah. He yeah. was the bad guy. Random dude. Uh, I, and I, I, Wikipedia told me his name was The Hunter. That's news to me, man. His name is the Hunter. That's what his character name was. That was the. F- I, I, they never called him anything, so I just assumed either I missed it or he was just not interesting enough to have a character name. Turns out I, I was right. So, yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what it is. He's just random hunter dude. Yeah. And yeah. I want to mention just one thing to anybody who's listening, and I know you're not the Hollywood people out there. Stop casting models as henchmen. They're not believable. Okay, you just have these hunky guys in the background that look like Chris Hemsworth, <laughs> and you're like, like "What the fuck? Go model your underpants, dude. Send me a real henchman. The guys that were like in Predator back in the day with Schwarzenegger, they're guys like, that are believable. Yeah, Get Jesse Ventura. Like, like He's probably those, doing nothing. They're like the strippers from uh, Arrested Development. <laughs> there you go, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you're like, and then fuck. you know what? They're just gonna tear off their henchman clothes and do a dance. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're just gonna start like magic miking in the middle of yeah, a fucking yeah. movie. Oh, so, yeah, anyway, so that's the plot. That's the characters. Jason, what did you think of um, Jack Reacher uh, in general? Um, I needed this film to be exactly what it was. You needed it. <laughs> you needed it to be. I, I needed it to be exactly what it was. It was on 
complicated. It was just an easy watch. I actually liked it better than Jason Bourne that came out earlier this I, year. I agree. <laughs> and I I don't understand what the critics were expecting. This is just a straight up action movie about a and it has a guy that's basically in a western who doesn't know about it. He's a guy who walks into town, some shit happens to him, he saves the day and walks back out of town. Yeah. It was a basic classic. plot of a western yeah. classic, yeah. It's and a textbook after the weeks that I had spent watching, uh, like correcting my essays, watching all of the movies that I'd watched, uh, just dealing with a bunch of what real life was supposed to be, when I walked out of Never Look Back, I felt genuinely satisfied. I was like, this is the kind of movie I can put on and as a guilty pleasure and enjoy myself. Absolutely. It, it took me away from what my real life was going on. And that's, it that's what's it, as, as many people say, that's what cinema is about, exactly. escapism. Uh, exactly escapism is a really fun movie does great and uh yeah that's why so many people uh respect it for that and use it for that you know to get away from their daily lives and jack reacher is a prototypical perfect example of just sheer straightforward escapism and there's nothing wrong with that (laughs) yeah there's nothing wrong with it i mean i uh i i feel as though this one was an action comedy oh yeah slash buddy cop movie with like tidbits of the western in it Mm -hmm. and so i i thought it was kind of fun and i just have to put out there that the quote that sold me on the movie is brilliant i have to try to plug this in into many conversations from now on and it's never underestimate the charm of a cd motel Yeah, yeah reacher says that at one point because you know he's having a conversation with colby smulders and she's they're talking about a potential date they might have gone on. And, you know, where, where are you going to be next? He says, it's well, a cute know, moment. Someplace. And she's, yeah. And she says, like, oh, some seedy motel. And he says, never underestimate the charm of a seedy motel. And you know what? That's exactly how I feel about this fucking movie. That's yeah. exactly what typifies this movie. This is an, an exemplary line. It's the, surprising, it's the surprising quality of a seedy motel. That is exactly, exactly what this film feels like. You know? Exactly. It's nothing grandiose. It pretend to be. But it's not a piece of yeah. shit. Exactly. It's one of those places where you stop by the road for one evening and then you fucking leave. And that's it. I felt that that quote encapsulated the film and it was a, it was fun. It was really fun. I, it felt cheap. It felt paint by numbers, but it was done well oh, in my yeah. opinion. Uh, I don't. I didn't feel the director at all in there and I think that was great. I didn't need it to be... And over yeah, it, didn't, it, didn't, it didn't need to be an auteur's or, vision, you know. Exactly. No, it was like I said, paint by numbers. But sometimes I think that that's interesting. I'm glad that Zwick put the camera down compared to what Greengrass does, where you you're just trying to figure out where the fuck Bourne is in the frame yeah. most of the time. I did, yeah, exactly. That's that's a good comparison to make because Bourne, it, it's 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 the thinking man's straightforward action film, you know. Like, and and it's fine. It's good at what it does. I don't get what green grass really offers to that in a lot of the senses. A lot of people really were excited about what he did this year with the uh, the chase through Greece. I didn't get it. I, it didn't it didn't impress oh. me at all. I, I thought it was I impossible to follow. Agree. Thought it was okay, but I mean, to me, the route was already traced out. I knew exactly how it was going to end. So to me, there was no suspense. Yeah, yeah. So then why... I was watching try, it going like, whatever. That attempt to, to to stretch and to try to make more of something that is straightforward, that just kind of speaks more to the desperation of the filmmakers to make something else rather mm-hmm. than 
the project they have at hand, you know? Yeah. And the pe- that, wanted, that's wanted... what you could say about Jack Reacher, is that the people who wanted to make Jack Reacher wanted to make Jack Reacher, you know? Yes, they definitely did. They didn't wait, wait for the right circumstances. They did this in an incredibly low budget. They didn't spend too much on advertising or anything. Yeah, incredibly low budget and... for a Tom Cruise film, put it that way. Exactly, but I mean, this is not necessarily what they'd call a passion project, and a lot of people have been lumping it this into a, cashing a paycheck or whatnot. And I mean, look, listen, cashing a paycheck, isn't that what we do at our jobs too? Isn't Tom Cruise's job to be an actor? Yeah. And if he's going to be an actor, he's a producer now as well. He makes movies. That's his yeah. fucking job. Put it this he way, nobody, sh- nobody shits on Jackie Chan. Chan for his latest stunt-filled crap fest, you know, like, there's another, uh, oh, yeah, you know, exactly. like, they're kind of copy-paste mostly the same film with a different fe- a theme or setting. Nobody's got to give Jackie Chan mm-hmm. shit. Yeah. Jackie Chan makes good, easy, accessible films for people to enjoy. Same with Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. He's allowed to take the day off. <laughs> yeah, but I, I don't feel like he was taking the day off in this one. We'll get that, that, yeah, that a little yeah, bit later true. in the show because I, I felt a little bit strange near the end of the movie in a good way. Yeah. But sad way at the same time. Um, I want to take you up on what you just said with regards to the Bourne uh, movies. You say that they're a thinking man's action film. Sure. I don't want to disagree with you, but I think they're more wannabe thinking man's action films. Well, I have yet to watch an action film. You know, I how can I put it? I, I don't know if I have born fatigue. But when I rewatch <laughs> that word fatigue is going I, around much too much these days. <laughs> yeah, I'm very fatigued. It's just, it's like, I'm, a, I'm like that guy in one flew over the cuckoo's nest who's just saying like like oh, I'm so tired. I'm tired. I can't get up. I'm tired. <laughs> but born to me when I was watching them, even when they came out in the day, and I was in, I was in college when these movies came out. I understood what they meant at that moment in time. Sure. When I rewatch them, they feel dated. Fair enough. The action seems silly. And Matt Damon, I'm sorry to say this, but he's just not believable as an actor. I've never really <laughs> felt always, that his performances... You, you've said this were, to me countless times. I just I just yeah, and now agree. It's recorded now. You can't agree? No, Fine, that's no, okay. I enjoy Matt Damon. You're, you're allowed, you're projects. allowed. <laughs> no, I just can't get into it. To me, he's just a really in shape DiCaprio where... I'm watching him and I'm like, you're just Matt Damon. Fair enough. You're not, I can't believe any of the characters he plays because to me, he's just this, this good looking guy from Boston who happens to be a movie maker. Um, he's a smart man. I am not taking that away from him. He's a smart man. I would love to see what Matt Damon can write because he hasn't written shit since Goodwill Hunting. Mm. And that was a great script. And that's what he got his Oscar for. Not for acting. He was nominated a couple of times, but I mean, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I really feel like, you know, when I'm watching an action movie and I want to see a movie star, Tom Cruise is the guy I want to see. I agree. When it comes to action, definitely. I'll I'll pick Tom Cruise over Matt Damon any day. The guy just, he knows, he brings energy to his movies that I don't think anybody can capture. He is a wholeheartedly avid fan of the work he does. And you can tell in every uh, performance he gives. It doesn't matter that, like... You're not going to say he brings the most diverse performances each time or, you know, but there is something, there's a little something different there. He does think about what he's doing in each one and he does genuinely pour his heart into it. You could tell he pours his heart into these films. It it, it reads a lot better when you go into these experiences. You want to be a part of a, you want to be in the hands of people who actually give a shit about the crap they're they're feeding you. <laughs> well, that's the thing, and I mean, I believe that Tom Cruise is a much more competent actor because I've seen him act. Yeah, he was in Eyes Wide Shut, and you were like, "Fuck, this was an amazing performance." Yeah, when you see him in Magnolia, he is astounding. He is out of his element in that, you know, and you're like, "Jesus, this is brilliant." However, when I watch Matt Damon 
and I see him lose his mind. All I see is Will Hunting punching a wall. His intonation is exactly the same. Even in Bourne, I don't know who I am. And he's having the same head motions, the same shoulder motions. His body language doesn't change from movie to movie. And to me, that is very, very unappealing when I can notice that the actor's acting. Tom Cruise, I'm not under the impression he's acting. I'm under the impression he's in the goddamn movie. If he's Tom Cruise, fine. It's a Tom Cruise film, you know? We don't we don't throw Definitely. that term around lightly. He is the, the center point of the movie. His performances and, and what he does in terms of portraying action on camera. He's just a master of it. No, his intensity is very palpable in everything he does. I mean, you're watching a Mission Impossible film, you can understand who Ethan Hunt is. You're watching Jack Reacher, and there is that nuance that's there. Even when you're watching movies like uh, The Edge of Tomorrow or even Oblivion that, that Cruz has been in recently. And my personal favorite, I'll, I'll talk about War of the Worlds. I mean, a lot of people say that it's one of Spielberg's weakest movies, and I... I disagree. It's one of Spielberg's best. And the performance that Tom Cruise delivers in movie. that movie is fucking amazing. He's brilliant in that. And that's it. I just love the fact that this guy is a movie star. And I mean, I mean that with capital fucking bold letters. Reacher is definitely one that I'll be sure. revisiting. I enjoyed the first movie. I thought it was fun. Where uh, Werner Herzog was insane in the fucking picture. Jai Courtney, probably a performance that I thought was a little heavy-handed, but he did what he had to do. He was just the underpants model slash killer that he was supposed to be. And Jack Reacher... <laughs> that these films are now famous yeah, But for, I, I loved seeing Jack Reacher beat the shit out of him. I was like, finally, someone is going <laughs> to shut him up. <laughs> And yeah, that's it, right. the same thing that happens in this movie to what we'll call the hunter when Jack Reacher beats the shit out of him. But that's genuinely, I, I'm, not, yeah. I'm not making that, that is his cast name. That's that's his actual character yeah. name. <laughs> and so that's it, I don't think that anything was done lazily. Like I said, paint by numbers, done well, is good. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's, I think people undersell the, the, uh, the difficulty in mass-produced you know, action movies. And, you know, the, the formula... As easy as maybe the superhero films have made it look, it's not easy. You know, it's certainly hard to ma- maintain consistent interest and, and mm-hmm. quality in something that has been done a million times. And Jack Reacher just manages to keep the bar steady. It doesn't It doesn't raise it, it doesn't lower it. And that's an impressive feat in itself, because we have a pretty fucking high bar when you think about all the great action films that have came out in our, you know, relatively brief history of cinema. Right. So... It's absolutely fine that a, a film can come in with just the expectation of showing up and doing its job. Jack Reacher, uh, Never Go Back, does that. And I don't think we can take that away from him. No, exactly. I, I feel exactly the same. When I sat down to watch the movie, I had no expectations. All I knew is that I was happy there was a new Jack Reacher movie because I had enjoyed the first one. However, I can understand that people who didn't enjoy the first one might not necessarily like this one. That I get. Sure. But I was already on board for a sequel. I will say this, though. This feels like it should have been the third movie in the franchise. <laughs> I, I, I was watching a, a Tom Cruise interview today, and apparently this is like the 18th book in the series, mm-hmm. which is yeah. mad, it's maddening. It's, you know, just like... It did feel like a serial film, as in like it felt like it was just one of a number. Absolutely. You know, it felt like the, the James Bond films feel, you know, like they can happen in any place and any time. You can interchange them. Nothing affects the other. Well, yeah. Uh, it was a standalone adventure. And I uh, think it's great because you brought up in your review like that uh, Danica Yarish 
was doing her best to portray Edward Furlong from Terminator 2. <laughs> and yeah. you're absolutely right. I felt that this movie, when you were when we were did our episode on Terminator 2, we were talking about how the plot had developed and and um, this Jack Reacher feels like it's a little bit like Terminator 2, right? Yeah. Where you'll have like the that, Jack Reacher yeah. who is the Terminator, he comes back, he goes to save Colby Smulders the same way as they go. He's he's you know? yeah, yeah, and he's he's the he's the cold father we could never have. Exactly. <laughs> he's just he's not good at his job right. you know he's just not, he was never made to be the dad you know, and just like the yeah, terminator i was I, I did i had these thoughts in the theater yeah. exactly the same i just like she is channeling fairlog like nothing else and do you know what this speaks to a higher film exactly <laughs> you know like even the hunter felt like the t-1000 that never really wanted T-1000, to stop that. right yeah Even certain shots it's, it's that a, swick was using it's a using. poor man's remake of terminator yeah. 2 it's really impressive you know, that <laughs> shot that shot of the feet which was interesting at one point where swick just points the camera down and you see his feet come into frame where he's going to check the cellular phone that jack reacher threw out the window yeah i was like you know i, I just wanted to hear the dun. <laughs> yeah, you know that's, that's just right. the, the, the fucking yeah. thing and it's just a you're like, oh, okay, cool. It's the Terminator. For those who you know, who probably haven't seen it, a lot of the film with the, uh, I suppose, main villain, the Hunter character, what he does is he basically spends a lot of time picking up the pieces of the main characters as they're on the run from yeah. both the, the military and this sort of seedy group of like back, backstabby assassin guys, uh, like businessmen. Uh, and uh, this Hunter guy, he just... We get scene after scene of him sort of showing up just a minute too late and picking up the pieces and sort of dusting them and going, hmm, where did they go? Exactly. I know. New Orleans, of course. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like, and you're, you're, you know, yes, if you think about it, how the fuck did he work that out? But you know, at the same time, I, you know, it was fun. I was enjoying it. It is kind of like a comedy, as you were saying. Yeah. And, and in a very similar way to Terminator 2. It doesn't take itself so seriously. And that's what no, I appreciate exactly. about it. That's great. Uh, before we continue into positives, I want to get to the negative aspects of, of, sure. of the movie. And do you, do you have a few before I get into mine? Well, I mean, like, as there's bar one obvious main one. I guess you could generally say that the stuff you would expect to say, the plot is flimsy, you know? The cons- oh, yeah. The conspiracy plot that I really enjoyed at the very start of the film, where the you know the military kind of fucks over uh, the two characters of Turner and Reacher, yeah. uh, I was actually on board for that plot. I thought it was simple. I thought it was efficient, and I and to see Jack Reacher in the first fifteen twenty minutes thrown into prison and having to work out how the fuck's he going to get out of this one, straightforward wise, I was thinking, yeah, this is actually a pretty solid uh, starting spot for a real action film. Absolutely. And I kind of wanted to see how he'd unravel that that mystery. Uh, but the film, unfortunately, drops that, for the most part, for a sort of on-the-run survivor story kind of thing. Yeah. And I guess... I, it's not a bad story in itself, but it was less gripping to me. I, I felt like I was more on board with the military conspiracy side of things. I wanted to see a little more of that, and we didn't get... It took it, it, it became far clearly more black and white than that, and uh, which is fine. And, and it served itself well, but um, uh, also there's a, a sort of a right turn into where they get this uh, informant kind of character, this kind right. of junkie guy. I thought the film for about 15, 20 minutes hit a dead halt. Yeah, I, I think the film hit a dead halt at that point. I, I was, uh, I just didn't care about the character. I didn't know how we got there. I, I didn't feel we accurately like explained why we were looking for this guy. It was just sort of briefly brought up and then we just appeared. Uh, and that was, you know, you could say what you want about straightforward action 
being straightforward action, but I, I genuinely did kind of want to follow the story a little more than that, and uh, it kind of lost me at that part a tiny bit. But it brings it back almost instantly. The, the hunter guy shows up and shit kind of picks up the pace again for a final set piece after that. So, you know, each each negative is levied with a positive to an extent. I was going to say, yeah, but my main... The, the one main negative that kind of chips away at me is the Samantha character. Uh, okay. I I wanted to like what they were doing. Yeah, I, I got what I was trying to do. The, 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 the father we can't be story. And there are moments of that that kind of reflect well on Reacher's uh, personality that we really do gleam some insights into just how detached and and alone this character is right. and and how jaded and how unprepared he is to take on normal aspects of life there is some good parts in it mm-hmm. but this character uh Samantha not so much the performance the performance is all kind of shaky and and over overreacty as it is it's a bit weird it's a bit yeah, weird yeah it's a bit it much as, i think yeah it's uh, better as the movie goes along but yeah i, 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 I don't really that it's kind of an over the top film in itself anyway so i don't right. really mind that so much it was how the character forced herself into scenarios that, you know, in- intentionally added, quote-unquote, added drama to the story, yeah. you know, like, you know, she gets herself caught, she gets, she alerts the, the, uh, the fucking assassins to the hotel she's hanging out in. That oh, yeah. shit, that is lazy screenwriting contrivances 101, and it, it bothers me when a screenwriter, because... The thing is, they, they have such a good thing going. Right. Nothing felt contrived up to those points in the story and nothing felt like it needed more drama it felt like we had plenty to work with and then for some reason the screenwriters just get bored and they for five ten minutes at a time maybe two three times they just decide let's have these guys show up for no reason or let's have her walk out there and there'd be a little scuffle between her and jack reacher and you know they have a little argument And I think there were just so many different ways that could have been done. And right. I feel that all they did was kind of use this character uh, like a like a plot contrivance machine. And that un- unfortunately undersells a lot of the aspects that were interesting about the relationship they were trying to explore. Right. Uh, that bothered me a little. Because not that I was going to this to see, you know, a good father-daughter, not odd family story, but I, I, you know, they had something there, and I definitely wanted to see what they were going to do with it, but I feel that they cheapened out a number of times, and that was unfortunate to me. Oh, definitely. I mean, like, uh, it felt like an episode of 24, right? Yeah, unbelievably so. (laughs) Especially in season one, because, like, Samantha essentially reminded me of Kim Bauer with how these weird logical jumps she had, where she was like, I'm going to do this. It feels right. And you're like, what the fuck are you doing? But yeah, I think exactly. She was there for us to get same mad problem. at her. Yeah. It's, it's same problem. The screenwriter's just like, and the people will react and they'll say, oh God, what's she doing in this particular scene? But then yeah. Jack will come in and, and make things right, you know? Exactly. You know? And so I, I, I think she provoked the necessary reactions that the audience want to have in that specific moment sure. or in those specific moments rather. Um, she wasn't there to make logical decisions. She's young. She doesn't know better, you know, and I'm not trying to defend her because like we said, the performance is choppy where at the beginning, you know, she has all these facial twitches and weird body language and all that. When it slowly shifts throughout the movie towards the end, she does get better in my opinion, except Mm. for that fucking scene on the roof (laughs) where I was like, come on, that's lazy screenwriting in my opinion. You know, that didn't feel earned at all, especially when she says no 
spoiler alert. You know, so yeah, spoiler when, alert to explain the scene. You know, the so, assassin eventually catches her and hangs her off the the building and says basically to Jack, "If you kill me, she falls. Kill me, she falls." And Jack pleads, say like, "Take me, not her. Put her down." Yeah. And, uh, and she, she blurts out me. a no. She, yeah. No, and you're like. Well, first of all, you guys Shut haven't really up. developed that type of relationship yet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not earned at all. Right? And yeah. then Colby Smulders, I mean, she had, like, uh, uh, Turner had taught Samantha something during the movie and how to disarm a dude or get out of, of a situation where she's being held hostage, which she uses. When to an reaches... astounding effect. <laughs> yeah. To this trained fucking assassin who would be normally like, yeah, sorry, yeah, baby, yeah. but could, that's could, not going to work. Right? try. <laughs> Exactly. You know what and, that uh, reminded me of? Uh, it reminded me of Miss Congeniality. Did you oh, ever shit, see it? I haven't watched that in years. Oh my god, I, I've seen it like a million fucking times. But yeah, Sandra Bullock teaches uh, the girls how to defend himself, you know, the quick step and how to disarm a guy, a, a mugger. It reminded right. me of that scene. But you know what was good about that? Was that film plays to a build up. It's a callback joke it builds to. You know, okay. and it works in the moment, and it, you know, it 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 work, It's perfect for the setting. And this, it, it was kind of, it felt like that, except it wasn't funny. <laughs> there was no joke. Well, see, had they played it funny, had had Samantha had confidence that Reacher had this under control, I think it would have played much better. Yeah, you know, the fact that she's just there and she was like. You know, shoot him, just, and he was like, "No, I can't do that." You know, shoot him, you know, which is provoking Jack and like the the fucking assassins, just like, "What the fuck? Shut the fuck up!" And he becomes what's distracted. weird. Yeah, what's weird that would have been in character as well. That kind of because she's the so, defiance that she has like, in the beginning, yeah, of the movie. exactly, and that she's so um, uh, volatile in most of yeah, her yeah. scenes. That kind of works. That would have been a really great scene. That would have been a really fun thing to see. But then, of course, we're going. You know. Some ideas are a little too much of an expectation for this movie, you know? (laughs) Yeah, that's it. So, and plus, I mean, it would have been jarring with with the end fight, you know, the ending fight, which I loved. Again, spoiler, but yeah, it's basically a fight where Jack Reacher breaks all the bones in a guy's body and then kills him. (laughs) It's exactly what it is, but I like how Zwick shot it. Yeah. At one point... Like, just, you know how, uh, this is going to sound corny, but dirt settles on the floor, right? And this is a dirty fight. These people aren't pulling punches or anything like that. And these are two trained assassins who know how to hit, where to hit, and what kind of damage it's going to inflict on the person. Sure. And so when Zwick puts the camera down and you see them start fighting their way up, it, it was just really interesting to see how it didn't feel like it was choreographed it felt natural and i appreciated that because most of the time when you're watching like movies especially like uh, the only one that comes to mind right now is the the sequence at the end of captain america civil war where bucky and cap are fighting iron man you feel that that's rehearsed yeah it's a dance sequence you know (laughs) yeah exactly but it's nice i mean i'm not gonna shit on it i thought it was really interesting to see that type of fight i was like wow exactly but in this one you're like well jesus these guys are really going at it yeah you can tell it's like trained stuntmen just good at their job and they let the yeah they let the 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 natural talent of the actors take hold you know and i felt that Zwick actually let the scene breathe a little bit you know he just pulls a little bit back and he lets you kind of appreciate that then he goes in for medium shots he goes out not necessarily to establishing shots but just like we'll we'll say just a wide shot just for the audience to get a picture of where these people are but he wants to keep them in the action at a distance so that you get a feel for the crushing of those bones yeah yeah and you're like and i feel it works i feel it works i think zwick I did a great job I, I on, on directing that sequence definitely definitely although i will say 
there's this kind of thing I throughout the film it's I, I forgot about it it is a negative uh, <laughs> I had this expectation and it was mostly on my side uh, but it was something I wanted to happen was I wanted this story to be more about Turner uh, Kobe Smolder's character okay. I wanted because this had happened to her and it revolved around her I felt that Jack Reacher was a lot like Mad Max in this case, and she was supposed to be our Furiosa. And right. she was supposed to really take charge of the film by the end. And and by the end, when it comes down to the hunter, it should have been her fucking right to kill the guy. You know, it, this guy is just indicative of the horror she has been put through just for being on the wrong side of a terrible, terrible deal. And I, I wanted this fight scene to happen, but at the same time, I wanted Kobe to just kind of shoot him from above and, and, and rob the kill from Jack in the last second because I felt it was more hers to have, you know, for her right. character. I wanted yeah. her to have something closer to an arc where in this case she doesn't really have one. The two fights she's in, one, she she fights this hunter guy before and gets mm -hmm. the shit kicked out of her. Uh, and there's no redemption to that. She just gets the shit kicked out of her. This, this you know, trained army fighter, you know, who holds her own in every other scene mm -hmm. gets, you know, put down, which is really, you know, I, I, I really wanted something more from that. And I right. thought this would have been a cool way to do it if she jumped into the fight or something. Mm -hmm. On the other side of that, she does have another fight where she just about overpowers some nameless henchmen. You know, I, I felt like this story had more to, to offer regarding her because she's a central part of the plot. And she is along the journey from start to finish. And right. the plot never gives her the opportunity to really make anything of the performance and that's a shame because i was really on i really liked the character i liked her sense of humor i liked her straightforward mannerisms i, I liked that she was genuinely military you know that she was she was you know it was all it was all work to her uh that was cool i think we don't see enough kind of characters like that and i really wanted more from the action on her half and not more of the investigative side of the film and so yeah. that was just one thing i thought that and i guess it's a little much to ask in my straightforward you know Father's Day DVD action film, you know, but <laughs> uh, at the same time, I, I feel that there was groundwork there to take that to a better direction. It lays the ground for something like that. And I was a bit disappointed by it. Right. I, I mean, you know what? I can't disagree with that. Uh, you raised a really good point. I hadn't seen it that way. And you're right. The pay, payoff for uh, uh, Turner is, is it kind of leaves you a little bit she gets, her she gets her life back, but it's all thanks to Jack, you know. It's barely yeah, anything yeah, to do right. with her, which right. is a bit shit. <laughs> I, I think the only way that I could probably defend the way that the movie goes is just the when the, the military officer that was kind of hired to hire the hunter uh, says to him, don't make this a competition. And he says he does. So, I mean, the hunter does make it personal with Jack. So With Jack, yeah, I agree. They do so that was level the only some thing sort of that... reason for them to fight. Exactly. You so, know, I, mean, I agree. It's not a total loss. It's right. not a, a, a whole tick down. But I feel there should have been something, a little something that said, this was hers, you know. She yeah. deserves this. Yeah. Uh, that, but, I mean, it's, again, these are kind of expectations I'm throwing on the film. Uh, not so much something that it should have to live up to. It's just something I would have liked to see more of because right. it had an opportunity and it didn't take it. But then we're not talking about a film that really pushes the envelope here. This is uh, this is just a straightforward action film. It's good at what it does. Let's see. My biggest problem with the film uh, has nothing to do with editing. It has nothing to do with directing. It has nothing to do with acting. It's the score. Oh, I could. You know what? I couldn't tell you one thing about the score, except that's that exactly I, what I, I knew. The guy, I saw the name Henry Jackman at the start, and I was like, I know that name, and that was it. <laughs> 
See, I didn't really pay attention, but I was paying attention to the score, and that's one of the reasons why I think the audience or the critics or whatever are having trouble with Jack Reacher. And it's because the score is very, very unengaging. It's actually right. quite terrible. They don't highlight anything. When you're making a movie, the music is supposed to accentuate specific scenes, uh, add punches to specific scenes, and it's yeah. supposed to really, really get the audience engaged. I mean, look at movies yeah. like Back to the Future. If you watch Back to the Future with no score, it's going to be a fucking race car doing weird things, <laughs> crashing into stuff, and it, it wouldn't yeah, make any it's sense. Supposed to compl- it's supposed to complement the, fil- uh, the, the exactly. visuals and the narrative. I was under the impression that Jackman composed this for elevators, but then after that was like, yeah. I'm too lazy to write a score for this fucking movie. I'm just going to use some of the crap that I've composed over the years and just throw yeah, it on. previously. Exactly. I, I really thought that there was no effort whatsoever put into the music in order to highlight specific scenes, to get emotional payoff, you know, because you can't necessarily always get that through imagery. These There are certain scenes in the movie that want to get the audience engaged. And just sometimes you're going to have to get that extra little bit of music to kind of yank the emotion from the viewer. And there were so many missed opportunities within the score for this picture that I thought, Jesus, if I was... Zwick, I would have fired that motherfucker for <laughs> ruining a, a good, what could have been an interesting well, part of the movie. It was yeah. a terrible fucking score, and I, I really feel that that guy should be ashamed of what he put on display. <laughs> wow. I am calling for him flat out. That is a terrible fucking score. And wow. I, it was the one thing that took me out of the movie. I was like, Jesus, who the fuck wrote this? It's terrible music. That's I, you know I I didn't pick up on it at all, and I guess that says something. I guess it's, you know you're not always supposed to really hear the score; you feel it, I guess. But um, you are right. I can't think of a moment at all at that. Can, you know, I can think of one moment where the score came in a little too early, and that's the very last shot, mm-hmm. and that's about it. To me, the rest, it was some sort of, I don't know, upbeat, dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun, and that was it, you know, it was just, it was just a drill. It, it was so mild. Really? Like, I, I, even, can't, I can't even, even verify this. It wasn't in my head at the time, you know? Yeah, a, even during the credits, you know, usually the credits is like, it's supposed to finish off the movie in a way where you're like, oh, this is the payoff, you're gonna, I don't know, use whatever, I'm not a composer, but you're supposed to really highlight <laughs> that, that we finished this, this is great. Yeah, yeah. Nothing, it's just like, <laughs> but anyway so there you go you're calling out henry jack just saying that if you're going to be scoring an action movie christ watch it watch the fucking movie while you're composing and just be like okay he's gonna punch the guy in the face right there maybe i should use like i don't know, you know something swell, you know, yeah something, go yeah. back and watch punch, old Charlie chaplin movies but that's it so i'm gonna show jack reacher never go back as an example of really how shit. shitty music can really ruin a film it didn't ruin jack reacher by the way i didn't say that you can not quote me and but i'm gonna show <laughs> also other examples of music where you can really definitely get something from it i mean the, when i saw the gold rush uh, just not too long ago with the the, yeah, uh, the orchestra the I was like Jesus look at that Champlin Chaplin was very much able to capture an entire scene and the music itself would be contradictory to what he was actually doing 
So you were like, oh, look at that. I'm getting two messages. Now, exactly. maybe the messages here is like the composer is just bored. And that's okay. I, I can understand that maybe he was bored and all that. But come on, man. I'm pretty sure he got a pretty hefty salary for, for you know, writing Almost music. So, uh, yeah. So, Probably. you know, this is Tom Cruise we're talking about. It's not Cruise is not going to just put 20 bucks on the table and say thank you very much. Say, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, uh, exactly. So that was my biggest beef with the movie was the stupid score. I really, really couldn't take it. Uh, the other thing that I, well, I want to get back to positives. Me too. Now, uh, one of the things that made me laugh the most is just how much Jack Reacher likes the bus. (laughs) (laughs) I loved that. I loved how Jack Reacher in the first movie, he gets a cap from a guy who's riding on the bus. Who's just like, he's a black man. So the, the tongue in cheek reference to the, their cops, fuck them. I'm going to help this guy because they're always assholes to me. That was great in the first movie. But in the second one, the fact that he gets on the bus twice, twice he gets on the yeah. bus. There's even a fake out where he almost gets on like a mini bus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <But> doesn't. <laughs> but it was great. I thought that was Loves funny. Those buses. That's, Those yeah. buses. What a, the way what, a, what a weird character choice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm going to go in the slowest way possible. This place, this thing that makes many stops where it's yeah, yeah, really Yeah, exactly. Where anybody chasing could catch up like in no time. Yeah. <laughs> um, I also liked. Uh, some of the, the, the one-liners, the humor, you know, how um, yeah. when Jack Reacher is walking in on um, Samantha and uh, Turner, where she's training Samantha to disarm the guy. And Reacher says to her, yeah, it's a bullshit move. You know, you're not going to be able to do anything with that. And then she just adds the line, and we'll add a kick in the balls to that. Where you're <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. You know, oh, I was it's like, perfect. That yeah. was a perfect one-liner it, where you're it, like, it you know. Feels kinda, it feels kind of, it, it was so natural from Kobe uh, Smulders. It felt almost like ad-libbed. Yeah. I loved it. So that's, you know, and Reacher in the prison as well. You know, the, I, I thought that he was kind of funny just the way that he was approaching like whoever all the guys that he was trying to fight and whatnot. There's nothing, yeah, no yeah. lines come to mind right now and I'm sorry for that. I, I, I literally got it's out of the movie yeah i got out of the movie I, and i sat down with lee to talk about it so yeah i did it was i, I was very taken by the prison scene it's a very short segment of the film yep. i thought it was just perfectly paced it's, it's a wonderful thing uh a couple of things i wanted positively to talk about the relationship between turner and reacher i thought was pretty good because there isn't one as such Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty uh, noble of these kind of films. Yeah. Uh, t- for them to sort of shy away from that. That It actually does show that they actually kind of consider a relationship. Yes. But they argue so much. And they they clearly have, like, uh, you know, different views on the roles of the military. Right. That they just can't see eye to eye. So the film very respectfully drops the attempt, you know, it, mm-hmm. at the very end, it's basically nothing more but a firm handshake. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're accomplices once again, and they got themselves out of a tight spot, but it wasn't about them being romantic in any way. And that was great because we didn't need it at all. Nope. And it served Turner's character much better because she's not just another girl who swoons for the guy, you know? Exactly. She actually yeah. has her own fucking mind on it, and she disagrees with him enough that she's not going to fall for any fucking false romantics i i thought that was a, a good decision on the part of the screenplay and something that 
you don't necessarily expect from these kind of films. So I, again, I thought that was a good choice. It was an excellent choice. I agree with you. At the end of the movie, you're like, oh, is she going to go in and lean in for a kiss or anything? And she when, when she doesn't, I was like, you know what? That's completely in her character to not do that. Exactly. And I felt yeah. that, that, you know, it wouldn't have felt earned. It would have felt cheap to put a woman in that situation again. But no, I think that on this point, even if some of the things that you pointed out in terms of lazy screenwriting, I think this is a very responsible choice on the screenwriter's part just because Definitely. they received respect the the woman enough to like you said to take emotion out of the equation and just act as who she would yeah. be in a situation like that another another thing uh, people are probably didn't really like the scene too much the opening scene with uh, that happens in like a, a diner uh, and it sort of introduces jack reacher and his sort of motives and so on i while it is a bit cheesy and a little bit silly i thought it was the best tone this movie could have made to start off, because maybe a lot of people haven't seen the first one. Maybe a lot of people don't care. Right. Maybe we just want to see this story move along and get to what this story is about, but we don't want to spend too long trying to figure out who Jack Reacher is. Well, good thing the screenwriters have your back. This is a this is narrative shorthand mm-hmm. in action. Yep. We got a we got a small five minute scene, and from it we gain almost everything we need to know about Jack Reacher. He's a loner. He's a vigilante. He doesn't like authority. He could kill if he wants, mm-hmm. but chooses not to, chooses to err on the side of justice if it's the better thing to do. He's also broke. He doesn't have a place to live. He's a little reckless. And he's a smartass, you know? There's lots of little tiny bits and pieces that we just... the throwaway lines, and I get it. It's not smart writing. Mm-hmm. It's not nuanced in any single it's way. It's not we meant literally to be just given. Yeah, but that's the point. We get it out of the way because we have an action story to be getting on with. Yeah. And we need to know who the fuck's our protagonist as soon as we can. And not if it's not a character-driven story, as in if it's not about these characters so much as it is about the action, then let's be honest about it and make it about the action. And this film yeah. does focus on the action. So we get set pieces. We get the prison break. We get the bar scene. We get the, the, the house you know that they explore with the murders right, in yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, this great finale at this Dia uh, de los Muertos parade fight yeah. that goes on for 15 minutes and kind of follows it's this big chase up and down multiple layers for this big festival mm-hmm. it's gorgeous and it's great to look at and it's about the action it's not really about the characters and it's good that the film knows what to focus on and doesn't really pretend it's something more than it isn't. So I appreciated that. I like how the, the screenwriters made the right choices in those regards. Yeah. And I'll, I'll just add to what you're saying. When you said at least it knows where it wants to go and it's going to be an action movie. I appreciate that anybody coming into these two movies can watch any one of them first and they won't be lost. Yeah. This isn't this isn't That's a sequel. Great. And I thought that was interesting. It was just another chapter in this guy's life. You can watch Never Go Back yeah. first, okay? And then you'll be like, oh, Never yeah, Go Back I, to I, the I, military. Or I'll be honest. Back. I forgot I forgot most of the first film. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I remember watching it. I remember some scenes. But I, I don't remember much about the characters. I don't remember much about the setting. <laughs> it's all kind of a blur to me. So when I went into this, I was kind of thinking, well, maybe this will lose me a bit, you know? Maybe it's not for me because I need to be following it. Fuck no. no. <laughs> Absolutely not. I could have watched this. I could have never seen the first one. And I would have been just fine. And I appreciate that. that it... And it's kind of fun because, look, if we hearken back to what we were saying about Terminator 2, Terminator 2 is the one movie that most people will watch. Then they don't even have to watch the first one because... <laughs> don't have to exactly. watch the first Terminator. That's exactly you know, right. You'll have a few th- sequences like in, in the in the extended cut where they're going to be like, oh, remember this from the first movie? or uh, Yeah, you know, callbacks. Yeah, exactly, you know? 
But in this one, Jack Reacher Never Go Back, you don't necessarily have to have seen the first one. It doesn't matter, you know? And I don't think that that's a bad thing, that it doesn't matter. These movies, to me, I'll I'll say that I prefer the first one, just because at least the music is better. But this one, this one is on equal (laughs) footing. I had a great time watching this movie. Even though, like, I'm going, I'm getting to Great. what I want to talk about in terms of Tom Cruise. I really agree with everything you just said. It doesn't necessarily have to be that complicated. It's fine the way it is. And the fact definitely, that you said, definitely. you know, there is a bit of lazy, lazy screenwriting, but at least it's smart enough to know what it is. But yes, let's let's get to Cruise. Uh, yeah, um, I, uh, I felt a little, uh, emotional at the end of Jack Reacher Never Go Back, um, because when I was, um, when Cruz was talking to Colby Smulders at the end of the movie, when, when, uh, Reacher is talking to, uh, Turner, Turner, Zwick uses close-ups very well to show some sort of emotional connection, uh, between these two characters that's never going to pay off. However, those... Uh, emotions, I think, were transferred onto me when I was watching Tom Cruise uh, saying that he was going to be leaving and doing his own thing and he still has her number and he might call and he might not come back or whatever. And then he goes to bring his daughter, or supposed daughter, I'll say, Samantha, to school and that doesn't necessarily pan out either. Um, But there was a big hug scene between those two characters that I really felt was interesting. I felt it was earned. Uh, They had gone through a lot together. And just having Tom Cruise walk off, uh, like we were talking about this idea of a Western, you know, he is the typical cowboy that is going to walk into a city and then walk out of the city once his job is done. But Tom Cruise walking off into the sunset started speaking to me on a different level. I feel that with this movie, even though we do have a Mission Impossible that's coming out eventually, he's going on to do monster movies, I think, with Universal as well. He's got a big contract there. That's right. This is one of the last movies where I felt Cruise was slowly starting to say goodbye to the action genre. Yeah. Cruise walking off into the sunset got me a little bit... I was like, whoa, okay, I, this, there's an image here that, that's speaking to me in a way that I don't know if it was intended. But sure. it was a very romantic image of this action mm. hero, this guy that we've been watching for the better part of, what, 30 years now on the screen? Yeah, crazy. It's, it's insane. Definitely. Right? And even if he finishes off the action movies, his, this won't be his last one, obviously. But he's nearing awesome. the end. And it started yeah, to yeah. show when I was watching Cruise. It started to show. I was like, okay, there's that there's that point where we won't be able to see him do this anymore. And I started yeah. feeling it with Jack Reacher. Never go back. I didn't. It wasn't a bad feeling. I actually enjoyed the feeling, but at the same time, I felt kind of happy. It was bittersweet. You know, yeah, I, yeah. I can't really explain it, but I mean. It, it gave me the impression that I should kind of get up and clap, which is a weird thing. I was like, <laughs> okay. you know, it was a weird, weird yeah. feeling, you know, to see Cruz go off. And I was like, I was looking at him and I, I he, he is 54 years old. It's starting to show. He, he looks a little more weathered, yeah. you know, he, he's still in great shape, you know, and he's showing it in the movie. But I couldn't help but feel that that last shot with the thumb up in the air. That was him hitchhiking a ride onto the next thing, but it was also a, a thumbs up thank you to the audience. Yeah. And that's it. So I felt a little weird at the end of the movie. A no, yeah. I, 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 yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't see it that way, but I, you know, on reflection, I, I found that, that thumb up and that smile was so typical Tom Cruise yeah. that like the film stopped this just a couple of minutes before and we just seen Tom Cruise 
kind of, and it was kind of like a flashback to, you know, your like career before your eyes as he like does a stupid big goofy smile yeah. and he puts his thumb up and you're kind of like, yeah, we're right back in like, you know, the eighties, the height of Tom Cruise, you know, yeah. this is, this is, this is real comfortable material, real comfortable ground here, but you're right. There is that sort of bittersweet nature to it. it, it the, the man's not going to be doing this for the rest of his life. Well, he could try, you know, he could certainly go for oh, it. Yeah. But Harrison Ford. We, we know. probably got we probably got five, ten minutes of, of buff running Tom Cruise yeah. to go before that just isn't sustainable anymore. Either he dies of a heart attack or he tunes it out. Yeah. So we you know, it's, it's kinda of something we kinda of have to savor a little, you know, and and you know, even in the little goofy little films that nobody needs to see like jack reacher never go back it's just great to see that the man still committed himself this far oh definitely you know? yeah and I, I i get that there is something really bittersweet in saying yes i i it's it's perfect i'm, I'm moving on slowly but surely thanks for continuing to support me it's it's really touching that's a great way to put it that's how i felt and that's 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 just great i think that's that's a really sweet way to think of this finale because it's not the end but it is getting yep, there exactly <laughs> that's be, um, that's just being realistic i felt that that's what it was you know it, it it didn't even feel like it was jack reacher at that point i felt it was tom no was tom yeah, the character was left behind yeah, i felt it was jack tom reacher Cruise. doesn't do goofy smiles put it that way yeah exactly <laughs> there was no exact very good yeah i found myself getting a little bit emotional not to cool it, it felt like a thank you thank you for sticking through this with me it felt like you know he just kind of let the character go for a minute and said you know this is cool thank you it's it's very old action star it's very john wayne as you were absolutely saying. yeah you know, it's, there's something very western in that sort of put it this way People go to these films. They don't go to see Jack Reacher. They go to see Tom oh, Cruise. Oh, that's what I did. <laughs> so that's exactly in that sense. You're allowed to continue to just see Tom Cruise if that's what you want to mm-hmm. see. You can see it as he tries to play characters. Most people know that he's not so committed in this that we're really seeing a whole detachment from who Tom Cruise is. Right. This is there's always a lot of him there and a little twist here and there to differentiate the various faces he adorns. You know the various masks. So to say that this finale feels like it's more to do with Cruz than it is to Reacher feels pretty apt. Okay. Because that's that's what people see in him. That's what people see these films for. So it's it makes sense. Good. And on that note, I think that pretty much sums up how I felt about it. I yeah. I, I recommend yeah. the movie. Score. Score? I'll give it a... You know what? I gave Jason Bourne 3.5 on 5, and I will keep that for Jack Reacher Never Go Back. It's entertaining. In my opinion, it's Super an entertaining movie. It has giant gaping flaws. But you know what? I don't care. I, I felt that those flaws kind of gave it that charm. Like I was said, never underestimate the charm of a seedy motel. And the motel I visited <laughs> was called Jack Reacher Never Go Back. And I admired it for the charm it had. It wasn't trying to be anything more than it was. And it succeeded very, very much in doing so. So I recommend it. 3.5 on 5 is my score. See it in the movie. See it on the biggest fucking screen you can. It'll be great. Absolutely. Uh, it, yeah, it's something I said. I would recommend to people, if you're just sitting around, you want to do something, but you want to have a, something in the background, it's not a film you have to watch to enjoy, you know? There's a lot. You can you can glance at it. It could be a Netflix. Yep, yep. Don't If you don't want to go pay to see it in the theater, just don't. You don't have to. It makes a good Father's Day present. I said that in my in my review. It's 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 catered to that kind of audience. Oh, yeah. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a solid purchase. My dad's that gonna your love dad's gonna movie. like exactly exactly. So is mine. It's it's great for that. I really enjoyed it. I again, you know, 
I, I didn't I kind of did keep that in mind about Jason Bourne like you like you just did uh, I give it a B which is the exact same score I give Jason Bourne uh, it's not the same film it's not really even the same take you know feeling of an action movie. oh no definitely but it's I feel it's it's just as flawed just as competent and if I had to watch one or the other I would probably edge far closer to Jack Reacher just for a fun light time yep than I would. Jason Bourne's a little more sit down, think about it, kind of visually assault you kind of thing, as we were talking earlier. Well, uh, yeah, you get well, me. It's <laughs> a wannabe thinker. So, super fun film. Totally recommend in its own terms. Make of it what you will. Just don't go too hard on it. Nobody needs to really shit on this film. It's nowhere near as bad as people are making oh, it out no. to be. Not even close. They're really like, you know, proper zero presents and shit like that. That's ridiculous. Right. It's really yeah. just, it is at best mediocre. Yeah, or, uh, sorry, at worst at mediocre. At worst, okay, yeah, but I mean, yeah. I mean, I can see a yeah. bunch of people loving this movie just being like, this was a fun Absolutely. fucking movie. And it didn't need to be anything more than fun, and I had a good time. Except for the fucking score, exactly. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> Great. All right. So we can call this an episode. Good. That does it for us this week on Atlantic Screen Connection with Jason and Lee. Uh, how did you guys find uh, Jack Reacher Never Go Back? We know a few people that really hated that, but that's okay. We love them anyway. Um, yeah. You guys can reach me anytime on Twitter at uh, film underscore faculty. Be sure to check out the website, uh, Film Faculty. We have a new writer with us again. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm going to start writing again soon, you're, I you're promise. Lying. We have Mark Putley. <laughs> I'm not lying. I'm working on a bunch of stuff. Uh, I just I just have to find the right moment to uh, get it out. Be patient. I'm doing my best. Uh, things are coming. And so, as I said, you can reach me on Film Faculty, uh, uh, Film underscore Faculty on Twitter again. And be sure to shout. You know, what did you guys think of Jack Reacher? So that's it. We're gonna pass this over to Lee, see what he can do. You can find me on uh, bigpicturereviews.co.uk. It's that's uh, the website I have of uh, Shane, Maria, and Darren. We post reviews for modern films 2016. Also, you can get me on Twitter, pretty active there. Uh, you can send me messages and your own reviews if you want. At Big Pick Reviews. Happy to read them. I, I really enjoy being a part of the community we that have so warmly accepted us into their arms. So again, absolutely super happy with how the show is going. Everything's going great. So thank you for your continued support. It's been incredible. It's been great. Oh yeah, we love you guys. Thank you so much for sharing all of the, uh, like interacting with us on Twitter is just, it, yeah. So that's it for us this week. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye. This conversation can serve no purpose anymore. Goodbye.